Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we're talking about stuff that works. These are concepts that many of us have found rich and helpful over the last several years, so much so that we wanted to compile them into a group of conversations to give us each easy access to these tools. Here's Greg Meyer. Hey there. Good morning, everybody. So 17 years ago, I was standing in virtually this exact same spot, wondering if this was a good idea or not to start a church for people who don't like church. You know, like, just like wondering, like, get down the road a little bit and know, like, am I looking for another job or is this something? And 17 years later, all I can say is, this was a great thing to do. So thank you, yes. Thank you for being part of this crazy journey that we have been on together. It, it's, I don't know, it's been good, it's been important. So um, that's wonderful. So one of the things I love about fabric so much, and I think is really important about fabric, is our ability to experiment, right? We, we can try things. You know, I, I, I felt that there was such a need to figure out what being church could actually do and what it could be about for people. And, and we needed a place that was going to be open to that. And we needed people who were at least as interested in the possibilities of being church as they were in the way we always do it, right? And that's what we have done. And, and as we did this, and as we began to experiment, what we started finding is some, some stuff that works. Uh, like, this makes sense, and we, we got to make this a part of our lives together. And, you know, it isn't often, in fact, it has very seldom felt very churchy or religious, but it's been as, like, deeply woven into those three strands that we talk about of our true selves and of others, all things, and of that which we call God or you don't call God or whatever, but what holds that space, what holds us, um, all these things together. And, uh, you know, so that, that's been pretty amazing. And that's something to celebrate on our birthday. I just wanted to test that. Yeah, sure enough, that would happen. Okay, so um, there, there's something about that that Paul, he's you know, one of the guys in the early church who was trying to help people understand, wrap their minds around what Jesus had been about, and he's writing letters to his community that had really gotten distracted by some extreme and some kind of extraneous issues, and he's trying to pull them back to the stuff that actually matters about life, the things that they were really learning about how to live in the way that Jesus had shown them. And, and he, he writes this, and it's always sort of stuck in my mind, um, and this is a translation, I think, that gets, gets it about right. It says, we pray for God's power to help us to, and to do all the good things that we hope to do and that your faith makes you want to do. All right? And then he says, and P.S., happy birthday. Yeah. There's no Bible verse so profound we can't ruin it. Um, <laughs> so let me, let me just say it again. We pray that God could help you to do all the things that you want to do and that your faith makes you um, want to do. So, you know, Paul, what he's, Paul's talking about there is the stuff that works. And, and I think it says it pretty well. All, all those good things, that are, those aspirations that are inside us that we would like to have be part of a life, and then our, our deeply woven self that kind of holds us accountable and that lets us see bigger than ourselves, those things that we want to be about too, and, and that we would then be able to actually be about those kinds of things. Um, it's our job. It's, so that is that thing that helps us. I mean, that's the purpose of the fabric, the, that we are a community to try to encourage, to support, to make that be possible for each other. 
it's our job together as community to be about these things and to help each other, support ourselves, support one another with that. Now, when I talk about God's power helping you to do that stuff, I'm, I'm not picturing you getting some kind of supernatural zap, like, you know, what turns Bruce Banner into the Hulk or something like that. I think it's what we experience, how we experience God's power in our lives is much more natural than unnatural. Or when we really get to know it, and you probably have seen this, felt this in many ways, but maybe it didn't feel supernatural enough so you didn't attribute it to God, but but when you really get to see how God works in our lives, however you understand God, you find that it's you know, it's supernatural, not so much supernatural. And I, I think that's the way it really is supposed to be. An example of that would be something I'm also fond of saying is that we pray for miracles and God sends people, right? I mean, we want something, you know, to come crashing out and break the law of physics and do everything for us. And God's, no, 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 I've been equipping you all along. I mean, you've been surrounding yourself, this community. You've all been growing and learning how to be community together. They're there. We, I, I'm ahead of you on this. All right, so I mean, I think that's kind of how it works. Uh, so stuff that works. Yeah, in, in 17 years, we have discovered some things that really are important to us and that help us function, and they keep surfacing, they keep proving to be helpful to us, and I think that's pretty important. So I think as we start another you know, season, the school year, and we all kind of rev up our, cal- our calendars again, it's time for us to be spending some time on what those pieces are. What is that? stuff that works. Last week we talked about um, these three strands that we weave all the time of true self and of others and of that third strand, that which is. And uh, we talk about weaving about a lot, but we talk about the knots and how the, the role that knots play in our spiritual growth and our, just our overall growth as people. Um, and this week we're going to talk about another thing that works. We're going to be talking about the bus, all right? Um, because you need to have a bus, all right? And that bus that you need is not a vehicle, right? You don't own a bus, you have a bus. And that bus is not a vehicle, it is your team, right? So your, your bus is your team. And that's an important concept. These are the people you get on board for the adventure of your life. The fact is that there is limited room on your bus. You can't have everyone there. So you're going to have to decide. You're going to choose the people that are going to be on your bus to help you make this the ride of your life. And so it is the fact that you choose at all that makes a big difference on here, on this. Now, this bus idea is not just something that you maybe would be interested in or something that you would think is a good idea or not. I mean, maybe just the way we're packaging it, obviously. I mean, this is just the way of being able to talk about it. But it really, the bus is a way that the people who have wrestled with God have been trying to understand, how, how do I live and how, how do I grow? How do I be the person that I could be? They've been wrestling with this bus concept for millennia. In fact, I think you're going to find very similar concepts in any faith tradition, any wisdom tradition whatsoever. Now, I know there is not a Bible verse that says, thou shalt have a bus and the bus shall have six seats and these are the people that thou shalt put in those bus seats. No, it doesn't work like that at all. Um, but there's something about this concept that's so deeply rooted in who God is and who we are in relationship to God and how that works together that I just think makes so much sense. So let me explain. First of all, just kind of backing up on this whole thing. Number one, and this is on those outlines as well, God is love, right? That's 1 John 4, 8. I mean, that's a Bible verse. God 
is love. Now, by love, I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm not talking about neighborly love. I'm not talking even about familial love. I'm talking about some kind of love that is bigger than that, deeper than that, something that is more universally applicable, a, a, a kind of love that we probably can't even fully grasp. I mean, it's bigger than we're going to wrap our heads around and we're ever going to fully experience in our lives. And by saying God is love, I'm not saying God loves or God chooses to love. No, I'm saying that whatever God is, and God can't help being what God is, that whatever is love. Right? It is the relationship that is in it. And it's because God is fundamentally love, not God chooses or God does, but that God is fundamentally love, that things like hope, things like forgiveness, things like grace are possible in our world and in our lives. Okay, so that's one thing. God is love. But also, God loves you. All right? God loves you. One of my favorite, I mean, this is just, plastered throughout the Bible, one of my favorite places in Isaiah where God says, you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. I mean, it just brings out so much of the depth of it. You are unique. You are invaluable. You are an important and necessary part of this world and we need you. We need exactly who you are and what you bring. And no matter how you understand all this, there is a role for you to play in this drama of God's love at work in the world. All right? Now, that said, there's a flip side to that coin. And by God's love for you, when we say God loves you, it also means some of these other things. For instance, it also means that you alone aren't enough. Right? I mean, every snowflake in a storm, every tree in the forest that cover this world, everyone is unique, everyone is different from the other, it's distinguishable from all the, all the others, but any one of them isn't enough. And there are no two alike, right? So... You know, it takes millions, billions, trillions snowflakes and trees to make a storm or to make a forest, all right? Um, it's really the same thing for us, all right? Just like human beings are part of a much larger ecosystem of living creatures and of landforms and systems and so on in this world in order to do it, you as an individual are just a part of a larger ecosystem of people that need to be together in order to function right. By yourself, you are not enough. And that kind of leads us to the next side of it, and that is, while you alone aren't enough, one of you is also enough. All right? Now, this isn't a put-down. This is the perspective. If it was meant that there would be more than one of you in this world, I would imagine that the way the world came to be would make it possible that there was more than one of us. But somehow, about the way the world works, it's impossible to have more than one of us. And that is a gift. You are being saved from yourself, all right? Uh, I am being saved from myself. There is something about, well, let's just put it this way. God loves you and me so much that God will not inflict you or me or this world with more than one of you, all right? But it's pretty important that there is one of you, all right? That's, that's the B. So along with that, God doesn't love you over everything else either. No, God loves you as part of everything else. That's something, especially at least here in the West, that we sometimes get mixed up on, right? We think the fact that God loves me means that I have a special place, an exempt, you know, I've got that get-out-of-jail-free card. Or something. No, 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 no. God loves you as part of everything else. And that's really fundamentally important. Now, how does all that work? Well, see, so God loves you by creating you for community. That, that, that's how it happens. God loves you by creating you for community. Community is a non-negotiable. 
and community is also diverse. And that means that community that you are created for, that is going to make you whole, that is going to make you be the person you're going to be, is always pushing you in your comfort zone. It's always stretching you. It's trying to put you someplace new, somewhere new. Now, you may have noticed that there is no, like, what, super specimen, someone who's just got absolutely everything. If I were to ask you, like, what is the, what, tell me what the perfect person would be like, my guess is you would probably think a little bit and you'd say, well, perfect for what, right? Because that makes all the difference. I mean, everybody's strength, everybody, everybody's wonderful qualities, and we all have a lot of those, all of them make us strong in some areas, and then they're kind of our liability in other areas. I mean, we can't be everything. No one is perfect in that sense. Uh, for instance, you know, a really tall person is, comes in really handy at the grocery store because he can reach things down off the top of the... <laughs> you've experienced this. Uh, off the top shelf for people. But those people also tend to hit their head a lot on stairways. Guess how I know that, all right? Now, you can probably come up with better examples of how there is no such thing as a perfect person and how these are always trade-offs that we have. But the idea is there isn't one person. It is all of us working together. We need each other. Again, another theme in the Bible that just is there from start to finish. But, but I love this. I love this. It says, the whole body, I mean, that's all of us together, right? Joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, it promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Building itself up in love. So don't fight it. Seek it out, right? Community, and remember, community is not being around other people. Community is being in relationship with other people. It's easy to be around other people. That does not create community. Being in relationship with other people, that is what community is, right? So, you all know the end of this line. Relationships are everything, right? Relationships are everything. I think I got like six weeks straight on that one. Um, so, God created us by putting us into community. And those communities of, you know, the universe, our world, communities of nations, communities of uh, our own local communities, communities of the, the church is meant to be a community, not a place, not, not an hour on Sunday mornings, but... Church, being church is being part of a community that is intentional about these things. It might be the community of your group. It's certainly the community of your bus, right? Your own bus, your team. So, what is this bus all about? Well, let me tell you. I'm glad you asked. You did, right? Okay, thank you. Um, so, the bus. Here's my definition for it. Your bus are the people with whom you surround yourself intentionally and vulnerably for health and growth, right? Your bus are the people you surround yourself intentionally and vulnerably for health and growth. Now, let me just comment on a few of these things. Intentionally. Make a point of this, folks. You need to deliberately decide who you want on your bus. Getting people on your bus doesn't happen by accident, right? Getting the wrong people on your bus that happens by accident. Not having people on your bus, that happens by, by accident, right? You get the people you need where you need them when you're deliberate about it. Now, most of us aren't. Most of us have empty seats on our buses, and most of us have people on our bus that are driving things and you know, impacting us in important ways that shouldn't be doing it, right? So 
Something to be thinking about. The other word is vulnerably, all right? Be open. Be yourself. No games being played here. The people that are on your bus, they need to know who you are well enough that they can be helpful to you in this relationship. That doesn't mean you have to bear your soul to everybody on there all the time. No, but they need enough information. They need to be close enough to the real you that they're able to be helpful, that they're able to be useful to you, like I said. Um, so if you find on your bus when you're together with these people that are supposed to be these sort of key people in your life and there's a lot of game playing or there's posturing and stuff like that, you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I have people on this bus that shouldn't be here? Or have I not been clear about what the purpose of this bus is all about? Which is why one version of our buses are our groups here with Fabric, right? And what do we... That's why we recommend that every time your group gathers, you go through the ground rules, right? Because we want to remember, why is it? This group is different than other groups, right? We're not just here to have fun. We're not just here for whatever, but we want to make sure this stays healthy and purposeful for it. This isn't like any relationship. It's a very special one. Okay, so also surround yourself. And that's kind of like what I was saying about, you know, the difference between community that where you're just around people or where you're really with other people. So surround yourself. Don't just have names like, hey, I think there would be this person, this person. No. Let them know, all right? Gather them. Spend time with these people. Don't just name them and say, well, there would be someone like this. No. If you're not in relationship with them, if you're not using them on your bus, they're not really on your bus. And then also, health and growth, right? The purpose is for health and growth. That's the purpose of this group. They aren't there to get you somewhere. These people are there to help you be somebody, all right? This is more about character than achievement or arriving. Okay, so who's on your bus? Now I want to talk you through this. And as I do it on your outlines, you've got some boxes there. I encourage you to write the names of actual people in there, okay? As they pop in your mind, write their names in, in those boxes and see who you have it. So I, I want to run you through a couple of these seats. First of all, we have the encourager, all right? Who's an encourager? Brittany, you're really convenient. I mean, you should not have sat there. <laughs> but you are. You smile. Would you, would you have a seat here? And would you hold this so everybody remembers who you are? Brittany, I mean, when, when she sits in the front and smiles like that, that's encouraging. But it's more than just this, right? I mean, but an encourager. Encouragers are wonderful. What a great way to start building your bus, right? Because they're so good to have around. They think highly of you. Um, you know, they, they tell you good things about yourself, whether they're really, you th well, whether you think you deserve it or not, you know, and that's okay. Sometimes it's a little embarrassing to be around them because, you know, they just keep saying nice things about you. And you, you kind of maybe feel guilty because you really wish you were the person that, you know, they think you are. But you know what? You are that person. And that's why they see it because it's there and they can see that person. All right? Um, Karen Stevenson is a therapist who's done a lot of work with us over the years. One of the things she says is that these encouragers, these people, they are the people that let you know who your true self is. Right? Because when you're with these people, you don't have to play games. You don't have to pretend anything. You don't have to be defensive about things. You can just be yourself. That, if you want a picture of what your true self is, look at yourself when you're together with your encouragers. Okay? Um, they are like a mirror to your true self. So, 
It's good. You're welcome to have lots of encourages on your bus. I would encourage you to have a lot of encourages on your bus, but don't fill up your whole bus with encouragers because there's other seats that are needed too. For instance, uh, the next seat, which is the truth teller. And Jeremy, can you leave your controls long enough to be this for me? So Jeremy is an example of a truth teller. And Jeremy, um, can I ask you to give an example of how you're a truth teller for me? That was, there's a nut, that's one example. <laughs> uh, I mean, the other one would be don't touch. Right. So. Before every sermon. Uh, yes. When Jeremy runs sound, when I walk down here to start, that's the last two words I hear every time. Don't suck from Jeremy. So that's, you know why I have him holding the sign and her holding the sign. Okay. Um, right. So, so who's a truth teller? The truth teller is a person that holds you accountable. Right. They let you know what's really going on, who you're really being in the world, you know, what, what you need to know about yourself and about things. And, and that's a really important thing. But the point is that they're constructive. Like, I know Jeremy loves me. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, and I love Jeremy. So, you know, that's good. Your truth teller needs to know you and understand you well enough that what they tell you is actually good. And, ought, and they need to think highly enough of you that they know that this truth that they're telling you will build you up, not that they think so little of you that they're trying to tear you down with the truth that they're telling you. So that's a big thing. Now, these are a real natural pairing, uh, an important pairing to have together. Um, you can see how they balance each other. And the truth is, I wouldn't believe Brittany as an encourager all the time if I never also heard some like truth from her, right? And Jeremy, too. I wouldn't be very open to his truth-telling if I didn't think that he actually, you know, was like me and was encouraging me and stuff like that. But at the same time, keep these roles separate because don't really look to your truth-teller for all your encouragement. You're probably going to be disappointed. And don't keep turning to your encourager thinking you're going to get a lot of truth because you probably won't, right? That's not their roles. All right. So th there are two of them for you. Oh, and by the way, um, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. All right, here's our uh, next role, mentor. Mentor. Joe, would you be my mentor? I've learned a lot from you over the years. So, have a seat. You don't have to like, just hold those signs up the whole time, too. I mean, you're welcome to, but, you know. So, <laughs> the mentor is someone who has wisdom, that has experience, who has expertise, um, that's just really important to you, that's valuable to you. You respect your mentor greatly, and they think highly of you, right? It's got to, you know, that's, both sides of those have to be there. Now, one of the big things about your mentor is that this person is, is really important to you. I mean, don't make any new decisions, and don't give up on an old decision until you have talked to that person. Because they're able to be out of that moment and they're able to see it bigger. And from, you know, experience, having been down that road before without, you know, that you're now just starting for the first time. So that's important. And I'd really encourage you with the mentor, even more than maybe any of the others, to be very formal in this relationship. Let this person know, I turn to you for this. You know, Joe, I really value this and I would really like to continue to learn from you about this. So let you know that I'm, I'm looking for you for that role. And, and are they open to that or not, all right? And, then, and don't waste your time with these people, all right? Uh, set time. Be ready. Be there. Know what you are trying to get out of it and listen. And that mentor should be good at listening as well. 
So, okay, so along with the mentor, oh, and by the way, are you writing names? You know, who's coming to mind for you for these, for these things, all right? The next role is the learner, all right? The learner. Oh, let me pick out a learner here. Someone here must have learned something from me. Aaron, would you pretend you learned something from me once? I got to pick on people who aren't in the front row, you know. Have a seat next to Joe there. So along with your mentor, you need a learner. So not just people that, who have taught you, but people that you are teaching. And that's just really important. And the reason that this is so important, well, there's a couple of reasons why it's so important. It's, first of all, it's the way the world works, all right? I mean, you know, we both learn things and we also pass them on. And in fact, I would say there is no better way to truly learn something than to have to teach it with someone else. We don't gain proficiency only from practicing. We also gain proficiency from teaching and sharing that with someone else. It also really builds our self-esteem. You know, I am more confident about what I'm learning when I found ways of articulating it and seeing that, hey, this makes sense to someone else. Okay, I think, I think I'm starting to get it. And that's a great way to be doing that. Also, um, you know, it's just the way healthy things are. If you're only getting, 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 and you're not giving at the same time, there's something unhealthy about all that. So it's really kind of an important piece to have in all of that. Anyway, so remember, no, no matter where you are on the spectrum of like total novice to I've really been down this road a long time and I'm really good at this, no matter where you are on that, there is always someone you can learn from, and there is always someone who can learn from you, all right? doesn't matter where you are. There's always someone you can learn from, and there's always someone who can learn from you. So keep that in mind. All right, the next role. This would be the stretcher. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> so Brittany's going to be my stretcher. She, uh, um, Brittany, like, was... One day, I think Jared, her husband, just said, um, you, should, you should run. And she started running. And then she did marathons. And then she said, well, that wasn't good enough. I think I'll run to Boston. And I'm injured, but that's OK. I'll still finish like, really well. Do you want to have a seat over there? So, so it was, the stretcher is different than the mentor. Um, the, the, the stretcher is the person, you aren't trying to necessarily do what they do, but they just kind of blow your mind open. You're just amazed by them all the time. Like, how did they come up with that? Or what got them to do it? I mean, you're not only amazed at what to do, but the fact that they actually did it. I wouldn't come up with half the things that some of these stretches in my life do, let alone ever get around to doing it myself. Now, you may be tempted to look at your stretcher and say, I need to be more like Brittany, you know? And, but the, the thing is, it isn't to copy what they do, but what they're modeling. I mean, they are making your world bigger. They are making your world um, just, you know, what? they're getting you out of your status quo and of, of just being, you know, stuck where you are. And they're waking that up. So, so they, well, Brittany just sees this and went with it. What's going on in me that I should look up, look at, and be called to and try to make real in my life? So that's an important role there as well. Uh, there are so many stretchers out there. Spend time with them. Don't just ooh and ah. Sit down with them. Talk to them. See how it happened. It was much more real in their lives than it probably looks from the outside, okay? So that'll reassure you and help you stretch yourself. Okay, the next seat, the last one here, I call the yin to your yang. All right, yin and yang, you know, how they work together. Who is a good one of those? <laughs> Bjorn, you're looking nervous there. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I, 
Yeah, go have a seat there. He, I, I don't know, he's certainly, I don't know if he's different from me, he's certainly different. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Bjorn, you know, so what the yin to your yang is, the person who just sees things fundamentally different than you, all right? This is, along with uh, the truth teller, the yin to your yang is probably the person you would maybe just as well keep off your bus, but you need them, all right? They're really important there. Because you need someone that tells you the truth, someone who shows you a world that you wouldn't normally see by yourself, that you probably even avoid. Um, because they see the world fundamentally different from you, and you need to get out of just the way you always see things and be open up to something bigger. And be challenged with that a little bit, okay? Um, there's a, a leadership guru, uh, George Barna, who said there are four leadership skills that, you know, that the great leaders have. And, well, but he said, actually, no leader has more than one. Some of the really great leaders have like one plus. But out of the four, they have one or one plus of those skills. Why are they great leaders? Because they fill those other spots with other people. They find out, well, who is my, the yin to my yang? Who's going to supply what I can't? Even though I don't get it, I don't understand it, I don't value it very much, I know I need to get some of that for myself. So an application, I mean, you probably can think of all sorts of applications, but like for me, one of the yin to my yang things that I've really been discovering in more recent years is that as a white, cisgendered male, I live in a world that lets me think that the way I and people like me think and do things is the way that they should be thought about and done. And that's not true, right? There are voices out there that see a different world and that is just key to us being a successful society, to be the world, to have all those ligaments knit and you know, functioning together the way they're supposed to be. And uh, so I need to be opened up to that and I need to be welcoming BIPOC and LGBTQ voices into my life to get me into a bigger world and that might be uncomfortable sometimes. Yin to your yang people are probably gonna drive you crazy a little bit, all right? But, but that's okay, well, we need some of that. And one of the big things though is um, while Bjorn may be fundamentally different from me and see the world fundamentally different, he's interested in what I'm trying to do, right? He's not here with his own agenda, trying to change everything, but he's there to help me see the world differently, right, using his eyes. And so that's really a key thing. So, wow, you know, what a gift to have a bus like this. I mean, this is fantastic. Let's give these guys a hand. You held your signs so well. <laughs> and you're welcome um, to go back to your seats, too, by the way, so thanks. So, now, key thing, it is not their job to keep me happy, right? That isn't why I have these people here, to keep me happy. By the way, you are all welcome to try to keep me happy. I don't, like, have any objection to that. But that isn't your job. What is the purpose, right? It is for health and growth, right? That is why I have these people there together with me. Their job isn't to help me get somewhere, but to be somebody. Get those names in those boxes. You can work on that this week too, right? Who are some of those people? Put those names in there. Um, and an important thing to say is the seats on this bus are roles. They aren't necessarily individuals, right? One is you should have more than one person for any of these seats because, I mean, it just makes sense. Some people, you need people for different aspects of your life. Maybe, you know, for, your, for being, a, for me, a, being a father, for doing my job. It's also just for my own inner growth and so on. I have different people that are, um, play these roles for different aspects of myself. And just for availability. I mean, I might really be counting on this person and all of a sudden they're not available when I really need them. So who else can I call on? Um, the other aspect is some people will hold more than one seat on your bus, and that's okay. 
Now, one of the other things that you may feel is like, like with a mentor, for instance, it might really come up like, I just sort of feel guilty. Like I'm always relying on this person and it feels like such a one-way street they're always helping me. No, this is your bus. My mentor has their bus as well, okay? And everybody on their bus also has their bus. This is an ecosystem, right? And there are people whose buses I am on, right? So don't feel guilty about using these people. Be open, be honest. Um, when someone's had too much or it's not the right time for them or they don't feel equipped to play the role that you need them to play right now, they should be able to say that. I mean, that should be part of your ground rules, part of what you under your understanding with these people because these are not your everyday relationships. These are very special relationships that you're calling on for your own health and growth. So that's pretty important. Okay, just a minute to talk about um, a last thing, and that is who is not on your bus? Who is not on your bus? First of all, everyone. You can't have everyone on your bus. That's like not choosing anymore, right? It doesn't work. There isn't room for everyone, so not everyone. The other thing is people who don't have your best interest in mind. I think we've made that point a little bit already, but people who have ulterior motives, or maybe they see themselves as fundamentally competing with you, or they've got an agenda. Um, you know, maybe they've got some negative feelings towards you. When you have those people on your bus, you can't be vulnerable. And that's a key to the bus. You have to be uh, able to be there vulnerably. So, and open and honest with these people. You also don't want people who are advice-oriented rather than listening-oriented, right? They're not there just to give you advice. They're there to hear you and then speak, you know, from that experience, from their experience and whatever that might happen to be. Likely, likely um, someone who's self-absorbed is not going to be a helpful person to have on your bus as well. One that I have to name as a person who does not belong on your bus is the abuser. Physical, emotional, verbal. And you say, well, Doug, Greg, I mean, that's obvious. Who would ever put their abuser on their bus? No, you may not put them on your bus, but they're on your bus. That is the nature of those kinds of power relationships. An abuser takes your bus by force and gets on there, all right? How do you get them off? We'll mention that in just a, a minute, but just we're not going to make space for that person, all right? We are going to uh, fill our bus up with people that help us deal with those people who don't belong on our bus, but maybe are trying to be on it. Another person you don't want on your bus is a person with opposing values or just like no values, right? Now, diversity is good. People who challenge you, people who stretch you, that's all really, really good, really important. But maybe on the same page, right? I mean, you need to kind of share some of those basic values. This is a tricky one. You know, where does it fall on there? You might have to test that out. But someone who really, uh, you know, has opposed values to, that's probably going to be a problem. Then the last thing is people who you don't have any real access to. You know, they live too far away. I know we've got the internet and, you know, the phone call and the text messages. That can be good. But, but for your bus, I think you need to be able to have that three-dimensional experience with each other. You need to be able to sit down and relax and enjoy each other and, and talk that way. Likewise, people who are too busy. I mean, if there's no room on, your, on their calendar for you, well, you know, keep a relationship going, but they're probably not on your bus. They're just not available for it. And admit that and move on. Um, so, so a word about that, you know, like I was mentioning with the abuser, how do you get people off your bus? Well, obviously it's not easy, but it basically is like just don't invite them on, all right? Remember, this is a metaphor. I mean, it isn't a real bus, all right? Um, so if you fill your bus with the people who are healthy, you just like, you know, I decide I'm going to let these people be the ones that impact. I'm going to listen to them, and that's going to help me distinguish 
the noise that's going on in my life around me from the impact that people are having on me. And maybe one of the things that I'm talking with these people is like, how do I keep this person who has trying to have so much influence on me to not have that influence, all right? So basically, it's by filling your bus with other people and distinguish that person who's not helpful, that shouldn't be there, and how you neutralize their impact on you. A last thing that um, I get asked a lot about this, in fact, just in prep for this uh, message, two people um, asked me this question, and they said, well, should God be driving my bus? Let me be clear. No. All right? I mean, this bus is so core to who we are in our deeply woven ways, right? So all those strands are deeply woven in part of this. But this is your bus. You cannot surrender control of this bus. You have to make the hard choices. They will be right sometimes, and they will be wrong sometimes, and that's okay, all right? But this is your life, your bus. You drive it, all right? And don't give that up. Don't think, oh, somehow I, you know, something bigger than me is going to run the whole thing, and I'm just long for right. No, you are not. It is your life to live. Um, and so live it and have it be that way. So why the bus? Community is a reality. Um, and we can see why it's important that we surround ourselves with you know, people that are helping us get where we want to go. But, but why the bus? And the reason is that your life matters. Your life matters. The bus is your journey. It's where you're going. And the fact is that where you're going to go is going to have a lot to do with the people that are on it. So... When you have the right people on your bus, the destination no longer really matters so much. Because you're going to be the person you want to be in the stuff that you do. The places you go are going to be amazing. Right? It, it, we aren't destinations. We're people. All right? This is about, like I said, this is about character. It's not about accomplishment. And, and part of that is because God, as we talk about this, Sir Strand, God would rather that would rather that you be whole than you be productive. God would rather you be whole than you be productive. You are a human being, not a human doing. So keep that in mind and and know, trust that, that there are so many ways that you can be used in this world, so many relationships, so many possibilities. The secret is like, how can I be as whole as I possibly can be? be? Again, another, uh, you know, bit of the Bible that we visit over and over and over again because I think it is so fundamental when Jesus is asked like what's the big thing I need to know what did he say he says love Yahweh I am who I am your God right with your whole heart with your whole self with your whole soul your whole mind your whole strength and then love your neighbor as you love yourself God would rather we be whole than be productive because that's where the love is going to be born Thanks for listening. If you're looking for more connection in your life, stay up to date with what's going on with Fabric and find resources to help you in your conversations and reflection at fabricmpls.com or searching Fabric MPLS on social media. Let us know if there are conversations you're longing to start or resources you're longing for to help you live a life more deeply woven.